Hello and welcome to Cage Fighting. It's your main man, Andy Gillard here. Hope everyone's doing well. This quite warm January, it's been a bit odd lately, but hope everyone's keeping well anyway. Hi everybody, Matt Guy here. Yeah, it's um, a bit milder today. I've even had my shorts on outside, so if you've seen me uh, strutting my uh, pins in the street in January, uh, you're not going mad. Hello. Hello everyone. Yeah, it, I haven't fully committed to it yet. I still went. Um, I went to work this morning, which is sacrilege, obviously, on a Sunday. But um, not for God, just because I don't want to get up. Um, <laughs> just make that part clear. Yeah, it's still it's still hoodie weather, but it's on the verge. The legs are back soon. Don't worry about that. But I did get um, a new head shaver though, because my other one broke. Mm. Um, and you know the Remington one that I got off Amazon for like seventy quid. Mm. And it just it just stopped working. It just completely just stopped. And I thought, well, okay, fine. It might be the battery. So I just drained it completely and then charged it again for 24 hours, like, like any other like electronical thing. And it, you just press the button. And it's like, eh. it's like it just it's like taking the piss. Like it wouldn't come on. <laughs> so I thought, well, okay, fine. It's seven months old or whatever. So I went on the Amazon chat thing and. Um, I went, oh no, it's a two year warranty for this. We'll we'll patch you through. And, all right. And so <laughs> gave me the phone number. Then someone from Remington rang me to speak to like say, what is the problem here? So I told them. Went, Mr. Oh, okay. Mr. Remington rang. Yeah, he sounded very it was Remington Steel. That would be that'd be a, <laughs> a turn up for the books. Um but yeah, so he rang they rang me and they said, oh, Yeah, what's the problem, sir, or whatever. And the strange thing is because um, my Amazon things because Corey plays on the the Fire tablet is named Corey, so they was, they kept calling me Mister Corey, which was very odd. <laughs> and in the end, they said, "Oh, we'll we'll send you an email and just put attach a video showing how it doesn't work." <laughs> okay, and then within four days, a new one's come. No, it's got it's got the same warranty as your original one and everything. Well, clearly they they do that to stop like scammers and whatever. Mm. Um, but fair enough. Well done, Remington, for being good people. Mm-hmm. It's a good job you attached the right video when you emailed them. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes. I double checked everything with that one. I can imagine. <laughs> I've got a bit of a DIY question for you guys. Mm. Have either of you ever like changed a toilet seat before? Yeah, yeah. Is I, it easy? Yeah, my, my, like one of them to got like a little bit loose at the back, and I'm thinking I need to be a grown up at this point, but. That feels a little bit beyond me, but I don't want to get someone in for something like that. It depends. Does it tighten? Is there like bolts underneath? Because like you I have can, no idea. Have a look around the back of your basin. Um, right. Okay. I don't know why that went northern for some reason. <laughs> um, you think we Nick Knowles it against other one, but just have a look. Have a look around the back, and if there's there's two types, there's the ones that fasten just into the into the porcelain on their own. Or they yeah. just go down, on, or, or you got the other type. They go down, and they got little fasteners underneath that you just turn. Then ones you can just get them, all, get them from Argos or whatever. The ones that go in, that's they're more tricky because you have to look at the model of your toilet, and that's all. Right. That's all right. a nonsense. But it's really not difficult at all. Okay, <laughs> just, well, but just wear some like latex gloves because it's inevitably going to have piss around the back, regardless of regardless of your aim. It's going <laughs> to be there. <laughs> Yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. 
Anyway, that's enough of the DIY, I suppose we're going to get on to uh, the podcast. We're here to look at the first half of 2023, what is due out. Obviously, we're most, well, it's the 30th of January when this goes out. So rather than look at what January is, there's a couple of things I want to mention, but I thought we'd have a look at what we've seen at the cinema uh, so far. Uh, Matt, have you caught anything at all, either in the cinema or on uh, TV, anything at all that uh, tickled your fancy? Um, so far this year, well, no, because I'm I'm doing um well I say I'm we're watching. It's more of a subjecting Sam to the entire works of the Star Wars uh, <laughs> universe. So we're watching everything in timeline order at the minute. So that's took up pretty much all of our time. We're on to Andor now. Uh, I, I did I have skipped Clone Wars, the cartoon because silly, um, silly, silly, silly. I just don't have the hours in the day for it, and I, I'm gonna I'll watch it myself. But you know I don't think I need. She needs to be suffered through eight seasons or whatever it is of of this cartoon. Yeah. Um, David Evans writing and telling me he's wrong. I'll watch <laughs> it. I I will watch it. However, I'm not going to force her to watch it anyway. We're watching uh, Andor at the minute, and we're on episode five, I think. And um, episode one and two were a bit slow, and I was like, hmm, I'm not sure if this is that that good. But um, episode three, which is where um, it all goes south. And he, um, you know, it's all explosions and stuff like that. And it's re- it's really ramped up. It's really good. And now we're the night before the job, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, where I've just turned it off. Um, so I'm really, really enjoying Andor. It's like I was saying to a um, friend of the show, uh, Thomas Kearney, that it's nice to have a Star Wars show that isn't like just shoehorned a Jawa in or nostalgia <laughs> for the sake of nostalgia or like, you know, characters that, have to be linked by some random... I mean, this could still happen by the end of the series, but um, it just doesn't feel like that kind of show. It just feels like it's in that universe. I'm guessing he's related to someone or he's, he is someone or something, but for now, indulge me. Mm, that's good. I know what you mean, because they do like to just throw in a random character that only a very niche group of people understand. <laughs> um, I still haven't got round to Andor, so I am I'm looking forward to it, but it's finding a space in the schedule to, to fit it in, unfortunately. Stu, uh, what have you seen so far this year? Anything anything worthy of mention? Yeah, um, uh, shockingly, I'm ahead of the head of the curve with these. Um cinema wise, Megan loved it. Just exactly where I thought it'd be. Cross between Chucky and Terminator. What what more could you possibly want? Um, I was more shocked, but it's it's rating, it's age rating rather than anything else, because that does not seem to be something that you should be able to take youngsters to. Um, what what is the age rating on it? Is it a uh, twelve? That's what I thought it was. I'm doubting myself now. Now you, that look on your face. Uh, the, the reason, because I mean, that's one of the things I saw as well. There's no blood in it. There's so a, there is there's a oh it's it's a 15 here it's a okay. okay um but there's there's blood splatter right? they're in a, a couple of scenes with the guards you don't see pouring out of people yeah. but yeah um yeah for uh 15 makes more sense because <laughs> but yeah i i loved it i, I thought it was incredibly stupid um effects wise really good as well wasn't expecting yeah. that Mm. And obviously, ch- the child actor syndrome as well didn't apply. No, not at all. She was actually solid, to be fair. 
Well, all, well, all, I'm going to say the one behind the mask, but obviously it's, I presume it's a child because it doesn't look like a, a little person or whatever we're supposed to call them no, these days. I, I believe it's like some Olympic winning gymnast or something like that was, was well, in uh, the, the Megan costume. There's that bit in the corridor area when she's doing that little twirl thing, so it, uh, that makes sense now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was that, and then there was um, TV, well, at home wise. Um, Vespa, did you get around to watching it yet? No. Which is on Netflix, and it's, again, we'll talk about The Last of Us in a bit, but post-apocalyptic world of everything's all gone to shit and everything and people are trading with these little seed things so they, they grow these seeds um the, well the corporations and they give people these seeds but they're engineered to only last one harvest so then they can't replant them afterwards mm. so they get these seeds and then they have one harvest and then that's the lot and then they have to go and and then they trade their blood and for more seeds and favors, and it's all very dark and sad and depressing. Um, it's a Lithuanian film, but it's all with English slash American actors. Mm. Um, or well, speaking English, more the bond. Um, but it's really, really good. And for a, a little indie film like that, and this is the kind of stuff that Netflix is good for, not yeah. trying to compete with. Well, or give money to Ryan Reynolds every month. Although you can do that, but these little these little gems from nowhere that you'd never see anywhere else. Well, this wouldn't get shown on ITV Four. This wouldn't be shown in the cinema, and if it did, it'd be out for a, a couple of weeks in Leicester or somewhere like that. That we would have to go and drive for miles to go and see. Mm. And I very much applaud this. I mean, there's the other one as well. There's the Korean one, which I haven't got round to yet. I'll probably watch that next week. The Jungi. Um, yeah. That looks good, but yeah, Vespa very, very highly recommended. If you if you like that kind of thing, um, it's very dystopian, very because it, it kind of works with like um, like biomechanics as well. Like they're growing, they're using plants as um, like fuel source and things like this, and like biomechanically engineering stuff, and like there's lungs in jars, and it's all very kind of horrible. Um, but it's really good. It's really, really good, and it it looks way better than the budget should. Well, it's you'd think for a budget like that, kind of in infer rather than show. But the stuff that they show is excellent. Oh, cool. it, it's very much a case of less is more in places, obviously because of the constraints and Lithuanian money. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's I, I can't speak highly about it. It's just superb. The other, one, the other one was Kaleidoscope. <laughs> um, <laughs> <coughs> I watched it the, the, the so-called proper way with White being last. Mm-hmm. And I think if I hadn't, if I'd have watched it with the last episode timeline-wise last, I would have yeah. loved it. Yeah. But I watched, I, I went in because they said, oh, you can watch it in any order. I said, like, okay, fine. So just for clarity, I went purple, green, yellow, pink, blue, red, orange, white. I didn't look at what they were in the timeline or anything like that. But the last episode, timeline-wise, was the fourth one I watched. So mm, I thought, okay. well, I've got now... <laughs> I had to kind of force myself to watch the rest of it because I knew what would happen in the end. <laughs> yeah. 
the rest of it was incredibly clever. And you, know, you can like the whole thing about each put whichever way you watch it, you get a different mystery. I can I can cl- I can see what they mean with that. Mm. Um because the way I watched it, you didn't know the FBI people until the end. Until okay. the last the last but one episode. So that was all very very clever, but yeah, I don't I don't think the payoff of watching White last is good enough for having the end spoiled for me. There's no real payoff to White either. So it's just a fine episode. You don't get any real conclusions or any new mysteries being set up, really, if you take that as the last episode. I didn't have that as my last episode. I I did it where I was leading up, where I was pretty much... I, it was almost like it was an episode of Lost, is how I watched it. So I was jumping from, like, a week before to way, way before, like, a, several years before. So I was keeping it sort of jumping around, but I knew that I wanted to watch the last one chronologically, which I think is... Is it two years after the event? Uh, no, it's not that far, is it? It's I don't know. It? 18 months, two years, something yeah, like that, isn't it, if I remember rightly? I thought, well, I want to watch that one last and have White as the one before it. So I watched the episode that was the day after, like two before, and then I went way back to the start of it, which is like 17 years before the event. 25. Is it 25? Yeah, 25. I, I did it that way, and I th- I feel that the way I watched it worked very well for what I liked. It's a really good gimmick, which makes the show interesting, but it also spoils the fact that it can't be watched as a normal TV show. You can't leave an episode on a cliffhanger because you may have already seen the payoff to that cliffhanger the week before, or you might not see it until three or four episodes later. So every episode has to be completely self-contained. So it, it was good. It wasn't great. But Giancarlo Esposito, well, he's always great, isn't he? So... But that helps. I think you could probably because I said this to my, I said this to my mum as well that you could probably watch it in chronological order and just get out of it a decent heist series. Yeah, and it'll be perfectly fine. It'll be a perfect yeah. like six and a half, seven out of ten, good nine episode run. That eight, whatever, however many there are, and it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. I think the gimmick is unique and clever. And I wish I'd thought about doing it your way. I actually don't think that you need the last episode. You don't really. Timeline-wise, I'd kind of rather than not have that. Not just because mm-hmm. we get, you get to see what happens, obviously, but just because of how the rest of it is kind of built, it just seems out of place. Mm. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's, you have to go and watch it because it's one of these event things, but... If you want something different, then I'd give it a go, though, definitely. Mm, um, yeah, agree. As a, talk, as a talking point, more than anything else, because it's we don't get these, we don't get new things very often, do we? <laughs> new ideas, <laughs> no. so it's a nice no, one. We don't. Um, I've actually got to go to the cinema quite a few times this year, considering, like, from probably October till December, I probably went about three or four times in total. I've been five times already this year. So I think I've hit the ground running with this one. I've seen a couple of thinkers. A man called Otto. Like, Tom Hanks is fine, but it felt very... It was just a very saccharine film. 
he's playing a curmudgeonly old man and he's curmudgeonly because his wife died and he doesn't want to deal with other people. And he thinks everyone's an idiot apart from this one person. And you can see it all coming a mile off. It's just so generic a movie. I think if you want to watch something like that, go with As Good As It Gets. It's a much more interesting film with a great performance from um, Jack Nicholson. So I'd say go with that personally. Babylon. I, I hated Babylon. And it's <laughs> almost every critic I've seen has either given it like zero out of five or five out of five. There's nothing in between. People either love it or hate it. I was very much on the hate it. It starts off with an elephant shitting on your main characters. And it doesn't really get any better than that, to be honest. Like they try and make it look like Hollywood's really debauched and sexy not sexy like the sex going on everywhere but it's not sexy and the biggest issue that i had with it was it was about the transition between um the silent era to the talkies and they kept inferring things from um singing in the rain but i'm like if you're going to do that i just want to watch singing in the rain i don't want to watch this and then they had the cheek to show scenes from singing in the rain at the end i thought well you've, you've just reminded me there's a much better film out there so it was a bit of a shitter, unfortunately, for me. So yeah, now I, now I know that you hate it. I'm looking forward to watching it this week even more. Because I, I watched it, look, I looked at the trailers and then I, I for a change, um, because it was something I had no clue about. I thought, this looks ridiculous. Hmm. The problem was for me, there's like probably about four or five different stories all going on at once. Maybe two of those stories are quite interesting and they're the two that get dropped off the quickest. The other characters are just sort of there and it plods along. And it's a lot of set pieces. It's like it's like watching an episode of Little Britain. There's lots of sketches, <laughs> but there's no through line to any of it. So it was just a bit worthless, I thought. Um, and the other film that I was going to mention is The Whale. Um, I like Darren Aronofsky as a director. I think he's great. And this felt very much like a return to the wrestler and Black Swan levels. It was quite a linearly told story. It was fairly straightforward until the end where it goes a little bit askew, which is what you expect from Aronofsky. Um, And it wasn't quite as batshit crazy as Mother was. So this was very much the kind of Aronofsky I want to see on film. And there were some great performances from Sadie Sink and... um, Brendan Fraser. So I think just for those performances alone, it's worth a watch. I don't think it'll be a film for everybody. I think it probably is a little bit Oscar baity, but it's got some big performances. So it's worth a watch for that, if nothing else. Um, A couple of other bits which are out this month. Uh, We've got the new Nick Cage film, which was released. Uh, It's called The Old Way. Nick plays a former gunslinger believed to have left his past in the behind. But when a gang of outlaws murder his wife, he must once again take up arms in violence. It's kind of the film I really want to see Cage doing as a grizzled old vet coming back to right the wrongs. Um, The reviews have not been kind on this one. Obviously, we'll get to it at some point. But uh, Matt, are you looking forward to this one or do you think this is going to be one we're not going to have fun with? Mm, made the mistake of reading some of the reviews about it and it it does not sound sound great and you know you've got to roll the dice really sometimes with with his performances and i i think i'm not a huge fan of westerns in general if i'm honest i think i've got like ptsd from sunday afternoons (laughs) with with old westerns i'd actively avoid them as much as possible i think the only one i've ever really enjoyed was the remake of true grit 
Um, <laughs> and that wasn't like spectacular or anything like that. Yeah. So um, I'll I'll avoid this until I have to watch it. Basically, put it that way. Like I won't go out of my way to uh, to watch it because I don't think it'll be for me, especially with the reviews. Yeah. Stu, thoughts on this one? I want to. Can we do? Can we do this next week? <laughs> I've been. I don't care about reviews anyway, obviously, but there's just just the, the poster. It looks like it's going to be in the bad camp, and <laughs> it, it's the picture of him with that fake moustache that he's got, and it looks horrific. It, it looks. Like, remember on the um, in the nineties at Walls, so we had the on the video wall, and when you had them stupid little graphics that come up, and one of them used to be for a Mexican wave, and you had like someone like the Pringles man with the, with a sombrero and saying "Hey, Gringo," yeah. it looks like that. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? It, it does look horrific. Uh, yeah, uh, we've got another... There's a, a sequel to a Nicolas Cage film, but Nicolas isn't in this one. Um, I'm sure you guys both remember Left Behind. Mm. They're making a sequel, Left Behind, Rise of the Antichrist. <laughs> <laughs> the only light after the world falls into chaos is a charming new leader who rises to the head of the UN. But does he bring hope for a better future? Or is the end? Or is it the end of the world? Um, I really want to see it for no other reason than Neil McDonough's in it. So I'm assuming oh, he's yes. the devil because that's all he seems to do. But yeah, I mean, th- there's no love lost with us and <laughs> left behind. It's it's the worst of of Nick Cage's work, isn't it? Matt, is this is this going to be a day one event for yourself, Matt? Or uh... the thing is, it probably will be. That's the that's the sad thing about it because. It was so bad. Like I can't. I don't know how they'll top it, but I'm sure they will. In terms of making it even worse, because like budget-wise, they must have even less or less. Oh, did hold on? Didn't wasn't Nick Cage's brother-in-law the director or something like that for Left Behind? Or his brother was his brother-in-law was the reason that he did it because his right, brother right, or right. brother-in-law is a um, a vicar or priest or whatever it is within whatever church. So he was the reason he did it, but it. He did phone it in somewhat. Yeah, yeah. right. Unless Nikki Whalen's in it, I'm out. I will watch it, to be fair. Yeah. No, it's got um, Kevin Sorbo, who people may remember <gasps> as... Was it Hercules that he played? Or something like that. He was one of those Xena Warrior Princess, but the male version of it. I actually heard someone talk about um, Left Behind on a podcast in the last month or so. Wow. It, obviously, in, in negative connotations, obviously. Um, but it was almost, I, other than us talking about it and certain other Nick Cage podcasts, I've never heard anyone talk no. about it or even knows about it. So for someone to, some uh, random Americans just start talking about how bad Left Behind was. So I thought, oh, well, they're, they're talking about well, the, the DLC for The Last of Us. Mm. Um, nice link. But no. It was the terrible Christian film. <laughs> I'm just looking at Kevin Sorbo's um, filmography. He's got a lot of these God-bothering movies. They've all got like terrible critical responses, but the audience scores. Like Left Behind 2, there's no score on the tomato meter for critics, but he's got a 97% from, uh, from the fans. But, I mean, Christian films always seem to work really well with Christians, but everyone else absolutely hates them. So take of that from what you will. <laughs> Uh, the other thing January brought us as being the Last of Us TV series, it's been great, hasn't it? I mean, it's been 
it's everything that I wanted to and nothing that I was worried about it being. I thought we might go a little bit mid-season um, Walking Dead, but it has. I think it's been brilliant. Stu, thoughts, yeah. early doors? Exceptional. And I was talking to my brother about this earlier, that how they've spared no expense at all anywhere. Mm. Sets spot, I say spot on because they have changed a lot of things, uh, which... It's its own thing. Don't care. Um, what they've changed works perfectly for TV. Yeah, and they've done it in the right for the right reasons, not just for the sake of it. Um, everything makes sense, kind of pseudoscience sense as well, which is mm. not really the uh, the main point of these kind of things. But they just nailed it. I, I didn't. As soon as I heard that he was he was part, Druckmann was part of it. There was no real doubt it'd be good. Yeah, um, and I kind of expected that. I didn't expect to be episode two actually in the um, in the museum when the clickers coming through the door. Actually feeling as tense as I was when I played it in the game. <laughs> and TV does not do that to me at all. No, and I generally felt uneasy. I thought you've done you've done this really well. Um, and for it to be renewed for season two already, which is interesting how they go with it because of what happens and wherever. Um, but I, I Tara texted me earlier about this, about how she's watched it and she likes it as well. I don't know anyone who's watched it and doesn't like it. Mm. I've seen nothing but good reviews of it. So yeah. that, that says a lot really in... We spoke before about how like the whole zombie world feels like it's kind of coming to an end. So this could quite easily have fallen into that. We've seen it all before, Trap. But we, we haven't. It's been something fresh and new. And I think using the science, like, like we said last year, using the science and doing it properly, mm-hmm. and it kind of, like the flashbacks, the two flashback sections that we've had so far, um, kind of grounding it in reality, some form of reality uh, and possibilities has helped it a lot because you look at it and then the BBC did an actual article on what could, what could happen if this happened to us. (laughs) (laughs) It was like a good 10 minute read as well on the BBC website. Like, can we all be turned into zombies? And they thought, well, you didn't do this 10 years ago when the game came out, but this, this mad series on HBO and I presume Sky Atlantic, I know it's on no TV. Yeah. From nowhere, that's just suddenly taken over, and now there's 300% increase in sales of the the remake of the game. It's just, it's took off in a way that even even with Super Pedro in charge, you'd never expect. Hmm. Matt, are you waiting to play the game first on this? Is that your plan, or have you started? Uh, No, no, I haven't started it yet. I will be watching it, and I still, yeah, still need to grab it off you, so I'll. Was going. You rudely had a social life, and were unavailable for me to get it over the weekend when I wanted it. <laughs> um, no, I will be watching it, but I yeah, I'd like to play it first um, before I watch it. Just to, you know, I, 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 you know, I hear about it being on like Bioshock levels of of good. The game, um, yeah, easily, and yeah. that, and I, I understand it's only in about a fifteen hour campaign as well. Mm-hmm. So I could get that blasted over a you know over a week if I was uh, committed to it. So um, I'd rather just play it first and then and then experience the show afterwards. And I think I'd have a more of an appreciation for it then. Well, that's it, completely fair. 
they've changed enough already in two episodes that you could well you can you could you could go watch the show and then play the game because it is he's almost how it's already stuck kind of separated off mm. in a in a way it's good enough um but yeah if if you got a chance play the game first just well just play the game anyway because it's superb yeah yeah <laughs> Brilliant. Right, moving on to February. Magic Mike 3 is out. Magic Mike's Last Dance. Um, have either of you two seen any of the Magic Mike films? Is this something at all that's... Because there seems to be like quite a bit of a... Um, quite a big fan base for the Magic Mike world. And I've seen, seen the first one, and it's fine, but nothing else. Matt, is this anything that's tickled your... Uh, come across your... <laughs> I, I don't know what's going to finish that. I don't know. Has this ever been on your television? Let's just say that. Uh, no. Um, no, it hasn't. Um, listen, I mean, Chippendale is on Disney Plus now, isn't it? And yeah. that's like a dark side to that world, I think it is, which probably sounds a bit more interesting than, than this. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't name and shame anyone, but the kind of people that I see that have it on their like, stories on Instagram are the same kind of people that cause massive queues at bars because they want a frilly cocktail on a Friday afternoon when they've just, you know, <laughs> when all you want is a pint and you stood behind people making five pina coladas. Um, it's just not my bag, really. I don't, I won't be, you know, rushing to watch it anytime soon. And it's given me horror, um, like PTSD from when only, um, in order to try and woo the affections of a girl years ago, I went to go see Burlesque at the cinema with her. Oh, dear. Yeah, I know. And um, that was enough to put me off anything about that kind of entertainment art form in uh, in film. Yeah, I mean, the one good thing about Burlesque is the Tooch is in it and can't be too angry with anything with Stanley Tucci, mm, but it's, true. Yeah, it, it is a stinker, isn't it? Stu, you're... Fairly open-minded with some <laughs> random films like this. Um, have you seen any of them? I mean, Steven Soderbergh, who is a decent writer-director, in fairness. So, I don't know. Magic Mike, anything? No, <laughs> not, nothing at all. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not going to rule it out because it might be one of them random things where, like, like Downton Abbey, I mean, who would who have expected that to happen? Yeah. But, I watched Denton Abbey, got so obsessed with it, and now I watched the last one, the last film, a couple of days ago, and I, I was actually genuinely sad because it's all over and there's nothing to look forward to anymore. <laughs> so it, it, I might get ready to watch it, Magic Mike, one day, um, but for in the next month, absolutely no way, <laughs> not no. a chance. No, that's fair. That's fair. Um, we've got Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey is finally due to be out in February. Uh, so basically what happens in this film, it appears as though Christopher Robin has to go off to college. So he leaves Pooh and his friends in Hundred Acre Woods, I believe is the name of it. I've never read Winnie the Pooh, so I don't know. Um, but in order to survive, they end up eating Eeyore. And when, <laughs> when Christopher Robin returns later, they've just turned into full-on cannibals and shit goes sideways. It looks fun, I've got to be honest. It's going to be one of those, like, four out of ten kind of terrible films. But I am looking forward to this, I've got to be honest. Matt, you're not the massive or the, or the biggest of horror fans. Um, what is this kind of thing anything that would be interesting to you or does it look too schlocky? 
Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's going to be shit. I can categorically <laughs> tell you now it'll be shit, but that doesn't mean I probably won't watch it. I think that I'd I'd watch it for purely you know morbid curiosity's sake. Um, but I'm not expecting it to be very good. I, like I would prefer it if it was like more comedically horror. In that mm. case, I think like it could get away with it. Um, but if it tries to be like serious horror, yeah, just with Winnie the Pooh and those characters, then I think it'll just be it'll be damn right awful. <laughs> <laughs> Stu, I'm guessing you're probably going to be looking forward to this one. Oh yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> as soon as as soon as you heard about it, and you think. Well, one, how is this possible? And then you go into all the copyright stuff and how it's how it this still exists. That it's just there; you can do whatever you want with it now. Um, I used to actually have um, part Winnie the Pooh wallpaper when I was was I was a young child. Um, so there was there was three walls with Disney stuff, and then there was another the, the wall near my bed was all kind of random, like, kids' stuff, like Winnie the Pooh and different other things. Um, Fraggle Rock that was another one. Um, <laughs> so to see them in this guise, I can't wait, man. It's going to be, I'll say, day one, but I, I, it'll probably only be on for a week if it's released at all here. Um, it'll be straight to streaming, I imagine, yeah. But either way, I'm absolutely watching it as soon as possible. Yeah, uh, yeah it's agreed. Four out of ten or not, we'll be there. <laughs> Super. Uh, we get our first trip to the MCU with Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania. Matt, if it wasn't enough to have multiverses, we're now going to have the Quantum Verse. <sighs> I mean, if this doesn't make you want to come back to the watch the MCU stuff, I don't know what will. <laughs> yeah, I no, I won't be. Uh, I won't be partaking in this. Um, it's fine, whatever people enjoy. It. I'm I'm not here to scrooge anybody out of what they enjoy in in 2023. If, if Marvel's your bag and you don't mind mediocrity and and then fill your boots, like I won't be spending any time watching it. That's for sure. No, I, I thought the trailer looked really drab. To be perfectly honest. Um, Stu, I know you're excited by it because you love these things, but rather than talk about the film, because we know what you'll say, Paul Rudd is a leading man. Thoughts? I, I like him. I don't, I, he's. It's weird that it, it's not really happened other than in these films, really. And I, you'd think he'd have the Ryan Reynolds effect, wouldn't you, by now? That mm. he'd be. Like anything he does, or anyone he talks, like any interview, he's always that, like really nice with everyone and everyone loves him and everything. No, no, no one's got a bad word to say about him and he's not doing anything nefarious or whatever. It's just really odd that he's not gone further. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, I don't, the last Ant-Man film wasn't great. and But the first one was. And I thought the first one was, I think the first one is probably still in my top 10 out of the 30. And it was perfectly fine, and he was. I mean, he did have Michael Douglas with him, but still, he was he he was the first name on the on the sheet. So, yeah, I'd, in a way, I'd like to see him do other things rather than the kind of lovable kind of lovable rogue that he plays in in Ant Man, and that he he has in a few other things. I'd like to see him do something villainous and and kind of stretch himself a little bit. 
maybe that's where he'd get a bit of respect because he okay. doesn't seem to get much really. He's all oh, it's Paul Rudd. Oh, he's nice. That seems to be the response to any any whenever you talk about him with anyone. Mm. Yeah, he, he's a good ensemble actor and he's a good co lead, but I just don't think he can hold a film on his own. Uh, and it might be because every film he plays, Paul Rudd, which I don't think really it does help him in any way, shape, or form. Mm. I think, you're uh, besmir- the- I think you're besmirching "I Love You, Man," which is a rom com for the ages. Yeah, but it's still it's, it's still the same. It's he, still, he's still yeah, he's still Paul Rudd, and he's a co lead because Jason Segel is phenomenal in that film. Hmm. So I think Jason Segel's more interesting, but you know, I don't. I wouldn't say either one is above the other in that. Hmm. Fair. Okay. Mm. Uh, the other film, the last film in February that I think is worthy of mention is Cocaine Bear. <laughs> <laughs> Based on a true story, some, somewhat. Uh, so a 500-pound bear consumes a significant amount of cocaine and embarks on a drug fueled rampage. The trailers look absolutely insane for this film. <laughs> and again, this is either going to be a five-star classic or it's going to be a two out of ten shitter. I don't think there'll be anything in between. I'm hoping they they're just going to lean into the madness of it and knock it out of the park. Stu, what are your early thoughts on this one, mate? I actually watched the trailer again earlier because I, I was I was showing a couple of people that because that um that infographic that I found that I, I put in the um fancast group yesterday about how, was it this morning I can't remember. No, it's less than four weeks away, and I'm quite excitable about this film. Um, and I, I just, just again, like you said, it looks stupid, but it's called Cocaine Bear. How can it be anything but? And the whole story is ridiculous, and the fact that it's true makes it even more farcical. So, other than leaning to the grisly horribleness of it all, just go, just turn it into a. a to our madness session like this seems to be and we all know we all know where it's going to be no one's in any any pretense that this is going to be something like ben hur or whatever so (laughs) (laughs) just go go in and enjoy yourself and that's exactly what i'm going to do have a few beers beforehand go and watch it and have a good laugh for two hours yeah super uh matt it's going to be ray liotta's one of his final on-screen performances um ray liotta Decent actor, like thoughts on the guy? Yeah, I mean, he'll never not be in Goodfellas. Do you know what I mean? Mm. He'll own, he'll always have that. Like he'll never not be known for that. In the same way that there's, you know, there's loads of actors who'll only ever be, you know, one role now. Um, but yeah, I mean, absolutely fine. And um, in terms of this film. Again, as long as they lean into the stupidness of it, I don't think it can really go wrong. Like you, you can't go into it expecting Shakespeare. Do you know what I mean? With, yeah. with with the subject matter, so it looks fun. The trailer, you know, looks fun, and you get your laughs out of it straight away. So, uh, you know, as long as you're not going into it expecting, you know, to have like emotion <laughs> other than like <laughs> laughter and like, you know, it should be it should be a good watch. Mm, absolutely. Moving on to March, uh, John Wick Four is being released. I recently rewatched the whole trilogy. Um, it does dip a little in number three, which I didn't notice when I first watched it. But I do still think this 
story is there to be told. I do still think it's got legs. Matt, thoughts on John Wick in general and the fact that it's still going? Yeah, I mean, I like the John Wick franchise. Um, I like Keanu Reeves. And um, I think that you get to the point with these things that you start to be, not a parody of yourself, it's, that's a little harsh, but you start to lean into the things that you think makes it work and with that lose a little bit of originality or a little bit of, um, how would you put it? you kind of lose a little bit of creativity because you just mm. lean into certain things. So I think that's what this is a bit of a worry that it just goes like that. But, you know, for the most part, they are pretty, pretty good films and it's still got legs and it's still got the capacity to carry on, but I wouldn't expect it, you know, to go into like a fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth installment. Yeah. Yeah. Stu, um, I believe you're also a fan of the, the John Wick series. Do you think this has still got legs or is it time for it to, to come to an end? Well, unlike you, I didn't like the third one. As soon as I saw it, I thought this was bad. Mm. Um, first first two, I, I loved, loved them. I've seen them multiple times. I've only seen the third one once. Um, got a few weeks now. I'll, I will go and do a rewatch of them um, and give it another chance. But it just didn't seem there. It didn't seem up a bit like Blade. <laughs> um, it, not as bad as obviously Blade Trinity because not many things are, but it just seemed to dip out of nowhere for me. Um, yeah. So if this is like a, okay, let, let's fix what we kind of messed up last time around, which you, you can kind of see where they can easily do that. Um, and in doing so, maybe they make the third film better in the kind of, as in, ensemble piece all together at the end. But yeah, I'm obviously it's was it gun gunfu that they um, they dubbed it as in the end. <laughs> yeah. So you, you I am never gonna say no to that kind of thing, am I? Regardless of how bad it gets. Um <laughs> but yeah I, I just I just hope they get back to the the high points rather than the kind of dip down to six and a half, seven that the third one was for me. Yeah. I feel like the problem with the third one was that it was globe trotting and it just felt too big. Yeah. Whereas the first two, it was very much contained within America and within a city. And that worked so much better. As soon as they made it this big thing, it was just, there was too much going on and too many leaps of logic required to make it a coherent film, I thought. So yeah, it did. It dropped down to a, you know, like you say, a six out of 10, unfortunately. But yeah, fingers crossed this is a return to form. Um, I don't know if it's in the similar worlds, but Luther is getting a movie. Um, I quite I've seen the first three. See, is there been four? And I think I've seen the first three seasons. For whatever reason, I still haven't got round to the last one. And we've now got this film coming out. I feel like I've very little interest in watching any Luther stuff anymore. Um, that character feels like it's been and gone it's had its moment but i do like idris but i I really don't know what to think of this one Stu, luther idris early thoughts on this it seems like it's about five years too late Mm. um it was almost like like when sherlock was like they did them well it was three episodes every two years or wherever it was on bbc and it was always yeah you wait so long and then you get three mini films effectively and then it's gone again. Yeah. Um, 
with Luther because he's obviously doing a lot of other things as well. They only have him for a short period of time, so you couldn't film one series and then the next. After I think it was after the was it the second one that he started getting really big. Um, there are, there are loose ends to tie up. Um, not in a kind of line of duty way. It doesn't need to exist, but I like Luther. I thought it was a, it was one of them things that kind of gained respect as it went along. Mm. But that was a, that was five. What, I don't know. Without looking, it feels like about five years ago. It was two thousand and nineteen, January two thousand and nineteen. So four years ago, yeah. the series started in twenty ten, and we've we've had five seasons. Sorry, not four. Um, yeah, like that's that's a long time to drag it out over, and now we get in this film. Matt, uh, has the boat gone on this? Do you think? Or well, apart from seeing him and hearing him on the radio doing Sky Sports ads, um, like Sky TV ads, I can't remember the last time like I, I saw Idris in anything. Like in the mainstream, it felt like it was a the kind of the start of lockdown. He was in everything, and he was just he was being talked about for everything, and he was really in the public eye. And I think, I, you know, time and attention of like the, the public goes as quickly, you know, as, as it arrives. But I just don't, yeah, with this, I think I, I don't know. I've never watched Luther, so I couldn't tell mm. you, like, from um from a quality standpoint, whether I would or wouldn't be interested in it, but. I just don't hear people go rave for Lufa, really. I'm sure for for the people that enjoy it, they think it's great, and but I don't think like yeah. the, the, but it must be it must be big enough that they keep making series of it, or whether if it's still going now. Um, but I don't, you know, I wouldn't clamour to go and see it. Mm, there was a time when it was Call of Call of Duty, Line, no, Call Line of, of Duty, Line of Duty. <laughs> That's the one. Uh, there was a time it, it had that sort of fervor around it that people loved Luther. Probably when when the third season came out, I think there was a lot of hype for it. Um, but the third season was, you know, a decade ago at this point. Yeah. So it it kind of feels like it's it's been dragged out and they've been kicking the can along the road a little bit too long. And personally. he has been in. <laughs> He has lived in kind of Marvel films and the quite, the quite ludicrously excellent Hobbs and Shaw film where he's a, he's a cyborg. <laughs> <laughs> he's done bits and bobs. Like obviously, he was Bloodsport in um, Suicide Squad and he was Knuckles in last year's Sonic 2. Like He's done bits and bobs, but he, I don't know. He, he doesn't seem like he's been the main man in anything for quite some time. He's been DJing as well, are you? Like he's just oh, right, li- okay. living his best life, just doing whatever he wants. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Uh, I'm guessing this one's probably going to be right up your street, though, Matt. Creed 3 mm-hmm. is also going to be out in March. I haven't seen any of the films. They've been on my list for so long, and it just keeps getting pushed back and back. It's going to be a two-hour, 43-minute epic Creed 3. Is. So talk to me about Creed and what your thoughts on Creed 3. Well, I'm really looking forward to it, and everything since Rocky Balboa has been pretty excellent, to be honest. Um, really enjoyed Rocky Balboa and really enjoyed Creed. Creed, the first one, lent into the nostalgia element of of Rocky, and, and that which you expect. Creed 2 does the same in a way, um, but it's less about it's less about Rocky 
I think like the Rocky storyline in Creed Two is him being an old man and reporting that a light outside his apartment's broke, like legitimately. <laughs> so it's more about um, Creed and, and and Ivan Drago's um, son. So there's, so there's a throwback to Rocky Four, but it's not you know it's not shoehorned in nostalgia. But this now it seems like it's pulling completely away from Rocky altogether, and the storyline being around. Um, one of his friends when or one of his like partners or, co- or sparring partners when they were when they were first starting out he went to prison for a murder or something like that and he's come back creed's obviously famous big world champion whatever and this guy is um takes umbrage to the fact that like he's had this harder life and he's been to prison and everything else and it's the battle around that um i think it's got the it's got the capacity to be like a really actually put some legs under a story about like the two characters and the two ways that their lives have been paralleled. And then the action side of it is unrivaled in terms of like how the, how it's filmed, how it's shot mm. the action sequences and stuff. I'm really looking forward to this. The trailer really wowed me. Um, and the first two Creed films were excellent as well. I know Ash Dolan's a big, big fan of them as well. So this is like the day one release. I'll go see it at the first screening of I can book it off work kind of territory for me. Excellent. Um, Stu, any thoughts on this film at all? Yeah, I really need to see the others. Um, <laughs> again, I, I don't know why, because it's exactly my kind of thing. But and I, I didn't I didn't go to see Rocky Balboa. I didn't see Creed or Creed 2. So I've got a bit, a bit of... I, mean, I might just watch them all now. I was just looking there. Is it still there? And the uh, Rocky Blu-ray box set is... Is there in within arm's reach? So I, I might go back and watch him from the very, very start. Um, yeah, ha- have like two weeks of, of Rocky Creed <laughs> glory. But yeah, it again. I I watched. The, I looked not having seen it. I saw a bit of the trailer before realizing what it was, and it looked superb. So mm. there's no doubt. I'm, I'm going to get round to it. It's just if I can get round to it in time. That's yeah. that's the only thing. Yeah, same here. I think I dropped off after, dropped off after Rocky Five, and I do, everything I've heard about the series since has sounded so good. But for whatever reason, I think it's, every time a new film comes out, I keep thinking I really want to watch it. But that's another film added to the list. Mm-hmm. I think that's all that puts me off with it. <laughs> Speaking of long running series, Scream Six, we're getting moving to New York. Hayden Panettiere is returning. Courtney Cox is also back. No Nev Campbell. Jenna Ortega, who everyone seems to love at the moment, is going to be the the main protagonist in this one. It looks like um, Scream Five was fine, but I did feel like it probably hit its uh, the end of its line. But we we do know that horror franchises love to drag this shit out to the bitter end. Um, Matt, did you watch Scream Five? Will you be watching Scream Six? Uh, no, and no. <laughs> Simply Didn't put, think nah, so. Nah, it, not because like I'm. The slasher genre, I dislike it or anything like that. I just, just one of those things that never, never really jumped, jumped out to me. Like in my consciousness, the scary movies it, films exist be- before the scream films exist. <laughs> in that, I'm much rather, I'm more likely to just watch them for like for, for having a laugh with them than watch Scream itself. It's like Scream's good, no problems with it. But then I can't remember how many they ended up being with them, and um, it's just nah, I, I, I can't see myself watching it to be honest. No, Stu, thoughts on this? Yeah, I, I like five. I, I probably like five more than three and four. 
I know, I know it's not, it's not <laughs> scraping the barrel a bit, but still. And I like the um, the MTV series as well. I thought that was all right. Mm, I wasn't a fan. It was just, it was so bogged down in being MTV with all with the music and the kind of, but all the music sounded exactly the same. Yeah. And yeah, I thought they did enough in five to warrant keeping it on. Um, we know it's not going to be great. It's another one of these. We know kind of what to expect going into it, which is going to, I do kind of like that now that if you go in and think it's going to be the best film in the world, you, there's something wrong with you because it's clearly not going to be. Mm. Um, yeah. That's fair. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, also in March, we've got Shazam Fury of the Gods. We'll come back to this because we've got another DC film to talk about in a bit. I think there's something to discuss there. So we'll uh, skip over that, but Shazam is also out in March. Moving on to April, um, Nick Cage is back with Renfield. The trailer looks great fun. Wasn't what I was expecting in the best way possible. Stu? Yeah. I don't know why you didn't think it was going to be like this. So I just... I was expecting it to be serious. I don't know why. And I'm just so <laughs> glad it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's... It's as hamming it up as you can possibly get. Eh? It's, it's going to be glorious. It is, yeah. Uh, Matt, have you seen the trailer on Renfield? Yeah, yeah, it looks um, it looks really fun. And I hope that it's as kind of chaotic and silly and camp as the trailer makes it out to be. <laughs> mm, absolutely. Also in April, we're going from the ridiculous to possibly the horrendous with Evil Dead Rise. Um, this trailer does look shit your pants scary. This looks fantastic i'm really looking forward to it it's going to be produced by sam raimi and bruce campbell who obviously did the original series of films um, but i don't think bruce is going to be appearing in it matt evil dead fan off or not uh yeah in in a in a respectful way i know it, for, for people that like evil dead it's the greatest thing since sliced bread um, so respectfully, I, I enjoy it. I wouldn't go out of my way to go and see a anniversary cinema screening mm. of it in 4K, blah, 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 like Stu Will with Titanic. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's absolutely fine. No, no, um, no issues with uh, Evil Dead. And um, I hope that, you know, after the shellacking that Halloween kills or whatever it was called the last one got last yeah. year um i just hope that it doesn't besmirch the good name that came before it mm, yeah same Stu, thoughts on this one no nah, not for me it's i'm so far out of this whole evil dead stuff now it's i haven't seen any of the, any of the series which i know that you love um so good. which i know again <laughs> If I did start watching it, I probably would love it. But it's it's at that stage now where there's too much. There's too much stuff. There has to be there has to be casualties in in this world. Um, yeah, it, it's it's never really. This is one of them things that it just never really grabbed me. Uh, I don't re, I don't really know why because ordinarily it's exactly the kind of thing that I enjoy normally. But yeah, it's just one of them. It's just never really been my bag, really. Mm, fair. 
Going from the horror to something completely different, April also brings us the Super Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> um, obviously, we've only seen the one trailer so far, but it, it looks really joyful and joyous and precisely what I want in a Super Mario Brothers movie. Um, Stu, I'm guessing you're in agreement with me there. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they've got it right, and they've got it. It looks like they've got the right studio to work with rather than doing it themselves. Yeah. Uh, which was what my fear would be. I thought oh, if they try and do it themselves and like I said, there ain't many cutscenes in in uh, Mario Odyssey, but they could have just put that into a into a film. But again, it'd be very Japanese and it wouldn't really work. Whereas this looks exactly what you want, and especially mm. coming on the coming on the back of the Sonic films, which are of no right being as good as they are. Um, yeah, bring it on. Mm. Matt, was it the right thing to set it in the animated world rather than do a live-action adaptation, do you think? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think you can do the colour and the, all that kind of stuff in any way other than it being, you know, in the animated side of things. Um, even just from the small trailer that we've got, though, you can I can just tell that it will have the kind of humour that I'll enjoy, like the whole thing with the do-you-yield thing. like. <laughs> Just, just just that like line alone which i've really laughed hard at um i just know that this will be like this will be a film that i'll enjoy and i want it to take me back to like mario 64 levels of nostalgia because that's the first mario i played was mario 64 um and i just want it to like take me back and i think we've seen I've se- you see so because i think there is another trailer out now that i've seen and there are certain elements that you know will will hark back to that and uh, I just can't wait for it. It's going to be brilliant. Excellent. Like, I know I go back much further than that, but 64 feels like that was the first time Mario had a personality. Mm-hmm. Before that, he was literally just Jumpman who would jump up and down, and that, that was his whole character. Um, probably could, maybe back to Super Mario World on um, the snares. Maybe that was the first time. But, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that one. Moving on to May, we've got some early photos released of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I really like the Christmas thing they did. It was fun, and it's James Gunn and his final time in the Marvel Universe. So I, I will definitely be there for that one, I think. Matt, are you completely done and done with Marvel now, or is James Gunn enough to entice you back to, to see this off? I'll, I'll see this because um, Sam will watch it with me. And she like likes going to the galaxy. She but she wouldn't feel that she's got to watch all the rest of them. And that's exactly the same with this, to be honest. So I hope it's not, you know, a sequel to some overarching plot that I need to see everything else to just to enjoy <laughs> this. He's Big Dave in this. He is. He come out be, is, his, is his last appearance. His final final Drax appearance. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will. I will see it though. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Stu. Like I said, we've only had very early images and stuff there's no real storyline or, or anything to, to go with um but yeah it'll be james gunn signing off so i mean hopes have got to be high for this i imagine what about both of them are good are very very good films aren't they they're, they're just in... and I, kind of, I think in a way they kind of work better because they are standalone and you don't have to know everything to enjoy mm-hmm. these two now three and even this, I don't know what, if they're going to go into it expecting you to watch the Christmas special because of the revelation in that. 
I don't think it really matters because um, mm. they can just do it within seconds of it opening and it's a throwaway thing. Um, but it's a shame in a way because it it's a perfect fit for what he's created with these and you can't really see Guardians 4 without him there in charge. It no. look, it'll be rubbish. Well, you'd think it'd have a different vibe anyway with, with Big Dave leaving. Um, so yeah, if they're literally going out with a gun bang, um, then let's cherish it while we can. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Also in May, we're getting hopefully the conclusion to another long-running series, Fast X. I think I'm right in saying this is the end of the, at least the Vin Diesel run of Fast and Furious movies. Uh, we've got Vin Diesel, Jason Momoa, Alan Richardson, Brie Larson, Michelle Rodriguez is back, Sun Kang, Jordana Brewster, John Cena, Statham. I'm sure I'd read uh, Charlize Theron and Wonder Woman Gal Gadot is back. So it feels like they're going, you know, they're swinging for the fences. I don't think Dwayne accepted um, Vin Diesel's really strange offer to return to the world. Uh, Matt, did you get anywhere with watching these films, or did you give up immediately? Uh, I gave up after one, <laughs> and, I, and I and I know that they're like they're not they're just canon for the actual when it becomes all bang bang explosions, Fast and Furious. Like I, I get it, but um, but you still can't be asked. Nah, I really can't. <laughs> like I'm sure at some point in my life I'll get around to it, but um, maybe like at the conclusion, if it definitively ends. And I feel like I can just watch it and know that there will be an end to this madness. Then I will watch them <laughs> but while they're still being like plunged out at alarming rates. I've got no intention of getting myself dug into this wormhole. Yeah. Stu, you hated nine, same as me. So thoughts mm. on 10. I thought it was two parts. Number 10. Oh, it might be. God, I hope not. <laughs> Um, but yeah, not the sp- as soon as I went into space in a car, it, that was <laughs> well. There's no shark left, is there? It's just gone. It's it's gone beyond for article. No, um, oh, you are right. February twenty four, so it's going to be ten and eleven. So the last two films. This is going to be a two parter. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So at least they've done it ten and eleven rather than ten and ten part two or like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, very similar to what we mentioned earlier let, with uh, John Wick. Let's just see if they can get some of the magic back. And what when Seven Seven was Fast Seven is one of the most perfect action films ever made. Yeah, it just it's is. Right. Yeah, it's it helps to know all the stuff beforehand, but you could probably just go into it and watch it on its own and be perfectly well entertained and understand what was going on. Um, it's superb. Um, if they're going to get back to that with this, the cast like this, I doubt it. <laughs> um, but it is like one of them. In a way, I kind of want it to be over now because it, it's you don't want it being bleeding, my bled to death to the state of it's just anemic and not a shadow of its former self. Let's let's get it to some form of joy again and um, go out on a high because it, the way this series has gone, you don't want it to be remembered for being shit. You want it to be remembered yeah. for being funny and stupid 
but not shit, which is it, it left a bad taste in the mouth last year watching that, and mm. you don't want that, not at all. No, you're right. It, it feels like they need to repair it enough to get it to the end of the race and just leave it at, at the, the finishing line and just, that's it, done and dusted. Yeah. Yep, so that's May. Um, just to quickly touch on June, we haven't got a lot of information on these films, but Spider-Verse 2 is coming out across the Spider-Verse. We're going to get hundreds of different kinds of Spider-Men in this one. We're going to get um, Oscar Isaac is playing Spider-Man 2099. Hayley Steinfeld returns. Brian Tyree Henry's back. Um, Jake Johnson's back as the original uh, Peter Parker. Issa Rae as Spider-Woman. We've only seen very early test footage, but it, it looks as breathtaking as the original one did. And the original one, I think, is still one of my favourite looking animated films. Stu, Spider-Verse? Yeah. Yeah, it's still... I mean, watching documentaries and listening to podcasts about how they did it and how it was actually made, because it is so unique looking, um, I think that kind of sums everything up, really. But yeah, it looks like this, and not only Avatar, The Way of Water, which is now the fourth biggest film of all time, um, not in the way that that is a visual spectacle and that is it, this had an actual story as well, and it was fun. And the fact that they are now putting the the, the Spider Man's from the game in there, or different games from over the last twenty five yeah. years, is mental. And <laughs> but again, why wouldn't they? It makes perfect sense in this this mad world. So yeah, it's, again, do not ruin it. Please do not ruin it because <laughs> the first one is special. Mm, absolutely mass it's probably the most well one of the most unique looking animated films that's ever been made isn't it yeah and that's the reason why i think from a purely in the same way that Stu justifies why he sees avatar i think you need like you can see it for to, to see like the visual elements of it will be as exciting as whatever they do like plot wise i think because it'll be that splash of color that I generally don't get because I, I watch a lot of morbid and, <laughs> and hence the reason why I'm, I'm quite looking forward to watching Banshees. Um, oh, it's right. Bill street. That is. Um, I watched the trailer with Sam earlier and she was undecided about um, whether she wants to watch it or not because it, it looks like really dull, but I don't necessarily see that as a bad thing. And I really liked in Bruges. And um, so I think I'm really going to enjoy it. Um, but I just need to get round to, to you know committing the time to it. But no, in terms of Spider Spider Man, yeah, um, it looks like it will be that splash of colour in a usual bleak world of my film <laughs> TV watching. So yeah, it should be good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of bleak, Transformers is back. But it, the good thing with this one, it, it's not more bayhem, is it? We've got a new director in the chair. For Transformers Rise of the Beasts. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if this follows on or it's a new continuity or quite what it's going to be. But it's got me hooked again. Like every fucking Transformers trailer, I'm immediately thinking this will be the one that will turn it around. Um, so please don't let me down. Ron Perlman is doing the voice of Optimus Primal. Um, Peter Cullen is also back as Optimus Prime. I'm a bit confused why they've got two versions of the same character. But I'm sure we'll find out when we get there. Matt, are you prepared to give the Transformers world a chance? Or have they uh, put you off? I think so. Because 
if take the films out of them, what's been, and just tell me the plot for Transformers. There's no reason why it shouldn't be great. Like if you just think of like exactly. what what it is. Mm-hmm. So give somebody else the chance to tell that story and and tell that world. There's no reason why it can't be great. So I will give it a chance. But my expectations, the bar will be set super low. <laughs> Stu, I'm assuming you're hardest of <laughs> rock for this one. <laughs> How good was Bumblebee? Let's just say that. It was, it was to be fair. I really enjoyed Bumblebee. And there we are. The the nonsense of the last night and all that stuff. Gone. Gone forgotten. Distant memory. Never been never it's it's over there. It's not even got the plastic coffee. I bought it just just so I've got them all. I've never, even I have never watched it again. Yeah. It's again, it's different, isn't it? It's it's a different take on something which was I don't remember this at all, the beast stuff. Uh, maybe it's I don't know why I didn't watch it. I presume other people who love Transformers back in the eighties, nineties. It, it was the early CG stuff. You know when the animation started to turn slightly three D and it looked a bit ropey. Mm. Um, it was around that time, which was why I didn't watch it at the time. But I have watched it since, and it is decent, to be fair. Yeah. So this is this is one going in completely blind. I've got no idea. So I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> in a weird way. I'm like the, the normal people. Who I've got, I'm going and wanting to be explained to. Excellent. Uh, one thing though on this one, Matt, it's the director of Creed Two. He's the one who's taken over the reins, mm, Stephen Capel Junior. So that's exciting. Um, speaking of Junior, Indiana Jones Five is uh, going to be back. <laughs> Like we've already spoke about Luther, does it have the legs to? Uh, sorry, John Wick, does it have the legs? Does Indiana Jones have the legs to still be going on in twenty twenty three? Matt, thoughts on this? Oh God, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we've seen so many like times where the door's been closed and then opened again, like later on in film and. I don't know, because Crystal Skull wasn't very good, was it? Let's be honest. No. <laughs> um, if they can learn from the mistakes with that, there's no reason why this can't be enjoyable. But, I don't know, signs don't point in the right way. I did watch a trailer for it, and it, yeah, it was yeah, okay. I think I'd be more trepidatious about it than anything. Mm, I mean, it's got a decent-looking cast, so we've obviously got Harrison... Antonio Banderas, Mads Mikkelsen, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Toby Jones, John Rhys-Davies. It's directed by James Mangold, who did like the good X-Men mm. stuff. So I'm um, like, I want, I really want it to be good, and it be the sign-off for Harrison Ford, and we get no more because I'm, I'm feeling like it, it could quite easily end up into parodic eras if they they carry on with it anymore. Stu, thoughts? It's just going to be shitty. <laughs> That's the worry, isn't it? I've got no faith in it at all. I've got more faith in the Xbox game that we've seen nothing of than this film. <laughs> again, I, I hope I'm wrong because the, the original three are brilliant, obviously. Um, Crystal, <laughs> Crystal School was it. I haven't seen it for a long time, but I, I saw the clip of the monkeys again the other day. <laughs> and... So it's like bad. Jumanji, original Jumanji levels of shitness. It just 
But that was how... the 90s. You can get away with it in the 90s. This was exactly. the, this is... the 2010s. Exactly. This is what I mean. And it looks comparable. Mm. And obviously, you, you can kind of, it was the 90s and, oh, you can kind of, it doesn't really matter. We're talking about the 90s. I watched um, with Goldeneye coming out last week, well, this week. Um, I watched the film yesterday. And when I said about I didn't want to play The Last of Us ever again or I didn't want to play Journey ever again because I had my, my perfect feel of it and it, my memories of that are, are great. My memories of Goldeneye were very, very wrong <laughs> because 28 years later, that film does not hold up at all. <laughs> it's, I mean, some of the, some of the CG, it's early CG anyway, obviously. But there's a part at the end, it's, it's, it's only 30 years. If you're listening, no, forget it. Um, there's a part at the end with the, where the, the satellite's coming out of the lake. And didn't think of it at the time, didn't see it, or didn't want to see it. But it's clearly like it comes out of the lake and it, it the water kind of dispels off it. But they're clearly it, the footage is reversed, <laughs> so they've, they've clearly filled it up from underneath. Mm. So when, when the water's going down into the into the the, the bowl of the dish, it's bone dry <laughs> because it's just reverse footage. Terrible. And you think, well, you've done. The, I know it's picking apart in a thirty-year-old film, and I didn't. I didn't even notice until yesterday. But surely, if you're going to do that, you just make it wet first, and then and drain it away, and then do the the opposite again. You'd think, wouldn't yeah. you? Let's be honest. <laughs> is that the one with Denise Richards in? Is no, that that's that's the world is not enough. Oh, okay. This is I've the seen, one with, I've seen some of them, but I haven't seen all of them, so I always get confused which one's which. Yeah, this is the one with uh, Famke Janssen and uh, Sean Bean. Okay, okay, I think I've seen that one. It's been a while either way. Uh, the final film that I think we should mention is The Flash is out, which I think will be the penultimate film set in the DCEU before James Gunn takes over. So I think we've got Shazam the Flash and then we've got Aquaman 2 which will be Christmas time and then it's the James Gunn world um, I don't think we really need to talk much about what's going to happen with the old world what do we think about James Gunn taking the reins as the overlord of the DC world now do you think it's a good thing that they've brought in a single visionary or do we think it's going to be more of the same old shit Matt what are your early hopes and fears of this well if it's done right, then obviously you get consistency, don't you, in storytelling and, and things of that nature. And a grand vision can be unveiled and you're not getting too many fingers in the pie kind of thing. Um, the the issue is if it's not done right, it's only going to, you've, you've got to stay the course with it. And, you know, you're going to, those things that you dislike, you're going to consistently dislike. And, that, and that's the issue. But looking at the things, you know, he's done recently, um, it all seems to point in the right direction in terms of actually you've got the right person, you know, in charge of this project mm. because at the minute it's just hit after hit after hit. So um, I cautiously optimistic, I think would be the words. Mm. I mean, next to the boys peacemaker, and the Suicide Squad are probably two of the better things that we've seen on 
you know, comic book related media over the last few years. So I think James Gunn's a really shrewd choice because I think he's, his style is very unique and I think it probably fits a comic book world as probably better than most. So I'm quite looking forward to what James Gunn's going to bring to this one. Stu, is James Gunn the right man for the job in your eyes? And it, it fits not only the comic book world, it fits the DC world perfectly as well. And we've had the the somber, depressing, dark, broody kind of emo DC world mm-hmm. of uh, the Schneiderverse. And no one liked it, did they? Um, it, it's got its place now, and it kind of, there you are. It's, but again, because it was all, there was different things in different parties, and it, it, it was all a bit of a mess. Having one vision, like the, the MCU films, you've, that is something that you you leveled at him as well. That they're all the same, um, but you know exactly what you're gonna get, mm. and they all work together. And if you are gonna create another universe, another film universe like this, you need some you need some kind of collective vision. You can't just keep oh well, this works here and this works here, and then throw them all together and it's all a failure. Because that's what happened in it. it's, mm. and the fact that people love this stuff, and then like you just said the stuff that he's come out with and even peacemaker yet yeah, it probably wouldn't be as as good without its soundtrack but its soundtrack is a part of its itself mm-hmm. and i still listen to that soundtrack sometimes same yeah <laughs> even over a year and a half later and they nailed it with that and if they can do that with obviously you don't go with that tone with superman it's different but that kind of overall feeling of the world that, yeah, it's all a bit of a laugh. But at the same time, it can be gruesome and it can be deadly. Great. Just stick to one thing, and he seems to know what he's doing. So cautiously optimistic, I think you could say, more than anything else. This Flash film is going to be shit. We know it is. Yeah, <laughs> um, there's no question, is there? I mean, Shazam, I did, like we, we mentioned anyway, I didn't even watch it until last year. And I, I thought it was all right. <laughs> Um, but again, then, you, then we had Black Adam, which was not very good either. So it's just let's just end it now. Yeah, I think the fact that we're getting a Shazam film less, or you know, four or five months after we've had a Black Adam film, and they're in no way connected, that tells me that the DCEU was not long for this world because it really should have been Black Adam is Shazam's or Captain Marvel's number one enemy. And for them to have two films together and have no crossover, it told me that they didn't really know what they were doing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, let's just get James Gunn in and pretend like this never happened and we'll all move forward and we'll be much happier for it. So anything in the first half of this year that is particularly floating your boats? Matt, what's on your, your watch list? So one that's kind of going to go under the radar for many, um, and I think I want to watch it out of curiosity of if it's going to be really shit than anything else um is the story about um casablanca records spinning gold um so it's got a um strange cast let's put it that way so jeremy jordan uh is uh neil bogart who is basically the um it's based on the life of his of his father, Neil Bogart, made Casablanca Records, and they had people like Donna Summer, Kiss, and the Village People. Uh, they had like Gladys Knight and things like that. But they also had like 
their stable ended up having people like the Scissor Sisters and Mika and some people like that. Um, mm. But like the cast is just bizarre in that you've got Wiz Khalifa um, who plays uh, character Jason Derulo. Um, he's playing someone in there. Um, you've got um, Jason Isaacs is in there as well. But um, Willie's Wonderland, the lovely Kaylee uh, Cowan is in it as well. Um, so it's going to be one of those that, like, I've got a horrible feeling it will be awful. But at the same time, <laughs> I really, I really like films like that peel the curtain back about the music industry. Um, and I, you know. It, I've got to worry that it will be more like not a worry so much, but it might be more like the dirt, the Motley Crue one than anything mm. kind of serious. Like, um, but I think it should be quite fun. Um, even if the cast is a bit strange. Yeah. I was just looking at the cast now. It, it does look interesting. I've got to be honest. Um, you are right. It probably won't get seen by many, but I'll give it a go. The one guy who's in it though, Jeremy Jordan, who was in the flash no, uh, Supergirl, sorry. He played Windshot in that. I've seen him in some absolute stinking films. He was in one where he played... Um, he was the nephew of Dolly Parton in one thing. And it is it the last five years, I think it might have been? And it was all singing and dancing. And I love a singing and dancing film, but this was fucking dog shit. So I'd recommend people watch that for no other reason than it was hilariously bad. There may be a part in cameo because she had like one album on this uh, on this label, as did Cher. Um, so there might be like a few cameos down the line that might surprise. But if you're talking like low budget cameos of someone like Parton, I can only un- imagine how bad the wig will be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Stu, anything either on this list or, or that you've seen that's coming up that's um, interesting to yourself? I mean, the, the kind of controversy around Little Mermaid is intriguing me. Um, mm. Not so much the film. But, well, none of them have, kind of, other than Beauty and the Beast, which I, I loved that anyway, the, the animated film. So I was always going to go into the live action one. And I, I kind of like, I didn't hate it. Um, it was its own thing and it was all right. But this. Changing it, obviously the skin color thing and all the other kind of changes that they've done. You think, well, we know there's going to be ridiculous outrage regardless. The fact that she's a fish doesn't matter, does it? Obviously, yes, um, but she's a black fish, Jim, and that's what's yeah, wrong with the world, apparently. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, black fish with red hair doesn't work. Doesn't <laughs> exist. No. Um, intrigued more than anything else with that one. I mean. Out of all the ones we mentioned, Cocaine Bear is my number one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Well, even with the MCU ones that we, Cocaine Bear is I'm more most excited about that than anything else. The whole yeah. first half of the year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I didn't touch on the Little Mermaid because I thought, well, we have sort of covered it a few times, but I am quite looking forward to that one myself. David Diggs is in it. I do like him, and Lin Manuel is allegedly supposed to be in it. So, I mean. If Lynn's in it, then I sort of I've got to watch it regardless. So I, I am looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, so that's the first half. Obviously, we'll have a look at the second half of the year when we get a bit closer to it because obviously dates and everything change so often. We could talk about it now, and by the time we get there, it'll be out in twenty twenty five, which seems to happen all the time. 
Right, so that's us done this week. Next week we'll be doing a music cast, so Matt shall be taking the reins um, for that one, and then we'll be back to our normally scheduled film nonsense. Please make sure you've got us on the socials at Cage Fighting Pod, and if you've got any emails, have any questions or anything at all, cagefightingpod at gmail.com. Please make sure you're subscribed on whatever podcast you listen to us on, and if you could leave us a review, that would really help us grow. So, for this week, Matthew, would you like to say goodbye? Take it easy, everybody. Look after yourselves. Stay safe and have a great week ahead. Stuart, would you like to say goodbye? Let's enjoy yourself, people. Ta-ra. It's goodbye from me. And remember, be excellent to each other. <laughs>